Good morning, Crossview and beyond. I'm Jed. And I'm Kale. We're so glad you're with us today. Hey, we got a few announcements just to get this going, right? Mm-hmm. And we're saying, Tammy. So we just want to say thank you, first of all, for all your generosity that you've given throughout this crazy year. Mm-hmm. We're so thankful. Hey, we would encourage you to continue to go to that giving uh, tab on our website. And you can click it down or, or on, the, on the app, and you can see a mercy fund. We, we love our community. We love the outreach that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And we just want to highlight continually a few of these that we're giving toward each week. So Transact Hope was last week. The future for next week is SWEPS, and we're so glad to get to partner with each one of these organizations. Also, you can continue giving to the ministry that God's doing around here at Crossview, and so we would love for you to continue to be part of our giving team. Hey, Kayla, you got some great stuff happening in student ministry, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. In fact, that's why I'm here today, because I want to address parents and guardians of teenagers specifically uh, in Apex ministry. See, we're going to be starting Apex really soon here. It's going to be starting September 9th, but there's going to be some changes to Apex. Uh, Specifically, we're going to be changing our venue where we're meeting. We're also going to be changing the time and we're going to be changing the structure. So as you can imagine, a lot is changing. And a so lot for of that, change, there's a lot of change, but it's going to be awesome. But it is going to be absolutely awesome. That's right. And that's why I want to invite you, both parents, guardians, and teenagers, all online tonight, uh, if you're watching on Sunday, August 30th. Um, and we're going to be meeting on Zoom at from 7 to 8 p.m. And we'll go over all the things that are going to be coming this fall. Uh, and we will make it fun. I promise it's going to be uh, great. That's right. It will be. Students, you want to... You will not want to miss out this year. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be fun. I got the inside news. Here's the deal. Uh, We're continuing to launch some new things, and we're going to be launching life groups as well for adults. So you don't get left out, adults, and you don't want to have FOMO. What's FOMO, Kel? I think it's fear of missing out. That's right, fear of missing out. You don't want to miss out on this because we are growing in Christ together. That's our emphasis and our theme this year. In life groups, we want to invite you to go on our website, sign up. We want to invite you to go on our church center app and sign up. There's actually a little groups tab on there, Mm -hmm. and you can go right there and sign up. You'll see all 12 groups, options. Some are in person, some are online, and you don't want to miss out. You'll be part of it. Check this out. So on Church Center, if you want to get that app, get it. Otherwise, you can sign up online, too, from our website. So either way. That's right. All right, I'm going to pray for us right now, and then we'll move into a time of worship. So would you pray with me? God, we uh, thank you. Thank you so much for technology. Thank you so much that we can worship together as a church, uh, even sometimes apart and being in different places. It's amazing how you've been able to provide uh, in in these crazy, crazy times. God, I pray as we move into worship, uh, as we move into a time to hear from you, God, um, that you would move in our hearts, that we would be able to engage fully uh, and be able to give to you uh, just some of what we're feeling, what, what, we're, what we're going through, and just let you know how much we appreciate, and we're so thankful. Um, and so God, move in our hearts as we worship, and then continue to move in our hearts as we hear from your word. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome those who are new to this setting or regular and praying for you all that you would experience Jesus today as we sing together and as we hear from his word and find comfort among a virtual community of believers. As we sing Waymaker this morning, we can know that in our darkest hour, God made a way to be in relationship with us. 
And we can believe that in the darkest and heaviest of times we face or have yet to face, we will see his promise to work in us and transform our minds and spirit. He gives us hope. So let's draw near to him today as we sing. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. darkness my god that is who you are you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are let's sing it you are here touching every heart i worship you you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you.
God loves us and it is always at work among us. Our God also chooses to use us to share his love. It is meant to flow out of our lives and our church. Today's scripture reading is Romans 12, 9 through 10. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. So let's look at God together and find our hope, strength, and peace in him. Let's trust him as he leads us to love others.
you are unchanging and always faithful. We rejoice in you, Father, because you are good. Would we cast our troubles at your feet right now and give you the control? You are sovereign and you see the whole story. So give us faith and hope and the wisdom and insight to love all your people. In Jesus' name, amen. When my family and I lived in Portugal as missionaries, I had a friend named Ricardo, and Ricardo and I would get together for coffee every now and then, and Ricardo, when he'd see me coming, he'd usually say, uh, oh, here comes my American friend with all the loves, plural. Now that I have your attention, let me explain what he meant by that. He said that Americans were very similar in this one way that we love everything, He said, you love music and you love your wife. You love your kids and you love your dog. You love our cafe in Portugal and you love our beaches. And he said, Americans just love everything. You say, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. You say, you love everything. Which begs a question, what is love? How would you describe to somebody what love is? What would you say? Love is one of those things that we think we know what it means, but we may not know exactly how to describe it or how to tell somebody what it truly means. Well, thankfully, the Bible gives us a very clear definition of what love is. And as we look at our passage we have for today, Paul, the apostle, under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, is going to answer two questions for us. He's going to answer, what is love? And he's going to answer, how do we love others? What is love and how do we love others? We're in a series called Who We Are, where we're looking at uh, Crossview Church and what we're about and what our identity is and what we stand for. And uh, we're looking at our mission statement, which is love God, love others, serve the world. And today we're in the love others piece. And we're going to dive into the scripture and see what God says about love. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Uh, Romans is after 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and if you, or right before 1st and 2nd Corinthians, sorry, right after Acts, if you hit Ephesians or something like that, you've gone too far. Uh, I'll be in chapter 12, and I'm going to be focusing on uh, verses 9 to 13. Romans 12, verses 9 to 13. It says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. 
Rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints their needs, pursue hospitality. I'm going to pause there. Paul gives us a really good, clear definition of love, and he also tells us how to love one another. There's three aspects to what love is that we see in this passage. The first one is love is a decision above an emotion. Love is a decision above an emotion. Now, obviously, there's an emotional side of love that's wonderful. God created that. He gave us this emotional response to love, and that's a wonderful thing, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But verse 9 here begins, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Actually, in the original Greek language where uh, Paul was writing this, um, that first verse Uh, nine is actually just two words that could be translated sincere love. Most Bible scholars believe that Paul wrote sincere love and kind of put like we, we, we were like a line underneath. And then he went in to describe from verses 10 all the way to 18 or 19 what true sincere love is. It was almost like that first verse he was defining Here is true love, and everything that follows in this is kind of a rant, uh, almost like an ADD rant about what true love is. It was like Paul was trying to define love, and all these things came into his head about what love is, and he's writing them all down as it came, or giving them to the person transcribing the letter as they came into his mind. So basically verse 9 says, sincere love. It's saying that biblical love is not fake. Biblical love doesn't play a part. Biblical love is stronger than that. Now, we tend to think of love as an emotion, like something we either fall into or something we drift away from. It's something we either fall into or something we drift away from. And again, there's nothing bad about the feeling of love. But the Bible here is saying that love is a matter of decision. Love is a matter of a decision. It's a matter of the will above an emotion. In fact, we determine to love. We decide to love. We act on our will to love. We are in control of who we love and we are in control of what we love. That is why love is sincere. That is why love is without hypocrisy because we can decide what to love. It is not grounded in emotions alone, which can change and shift. Biblical love involves placing others above ourselves. It involves taking someone else's need and putting it above our need to be more concerned about the other person's concern than our concerns. Our concerns come in last place compared to the other person's concerns. Other person's concerns are in first place not ours. So love we see is more of a decision than it is an emotion, at least for biblical love. It's a decision above an emotion. The second thing we see about love is love reflects the heart of God. Love reflects the heart of God. What is in God's heart is expressed in love. Look at the second part of verse 9. It says, detest evil, cling to what is good. Detest evil, cling to what is good. True godly love shuns evil and clings to good things. Since love is a matter of the will, we are to choose to love what God values and what God loves. 
And we are to choose to stay away from the things that God hates or the things that he instructs us in his word to not take part of. That's an act of love. Biblical love is not an excuse for evil behavior. Sometimes many people say we just need to love each other and that means to just allow any behavior to happen no matter what and and just kind of let it all go and just accept uh, what comes out. But biblical love is not an excuse for sin or evil behavior. There was a worship song that came out uh, some years ago called Oceans. And it's a great worship song. Some of you like it. You've probably heard of it. Uh, One of the lines in it says this, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me where my trust in you, God, is without borders, is without limits. Think about that. God, would you lead us to a place where our trust in you is without limits, we need that to love like this. Because what happens is sometimes we'll read something in the scripture that we don't like. And we try to, instead of just rolling with it and choosing to cling to what is good that we see in the scripture, we just want to accommodate and say, you know what, we're going to pretend like the scripture doesn't say that. I'm going to do whatever I want. See, that's not love. And what it is, it's an issue of trust. Spirit, lead me to where my trust is in God is without borders. Do we trust God enough that what he put here in his word in the Bible to instruct us is our best? Do we trust God enough that what he put here in his word to instruct us is for our own good? Can he be trustworthy? See, when we just accommodate when we say we're going to take things in here and slice and dice and blow off the ones we don't like and do the ones that we do like, and when we do that, that's an act of mistrust. That's saying, God, I know what's best for me more so than what you know. Do we believe that? Do we trust what God says is best? When the Bible clearly states things like, cheating on taxes and sexual immorality and lying and gossiping and complaining are sinful behaviors that we should detest and stay away from, according to this passage. Do we really believe that? Do we really trust that God knows that those things are for our detriment, that we should not participate in those things because it will bring about bad results? Do we trust God in that? Biblical love will not lead us to do anything contrary to the will of God. Biblical love will not lead us to do anything contrary to the will of God. God can be trusted. He can be trusted that he knows what is best and what he puts in here for us to live out is for our best interest and that it makes a life better for us. See, following Jesus doesn't just make life better. Following Jesus makes us better for life. It's because God designed it that way. He knows as our creator how we are to live. And he put that in his instructions in his word. So love is a decision above an emotion. Love reflects the heart of God. And finally, number three, love is beautifully displayed in a family called the church. Love is beautifully displayed in the family called the church. When the church is operating 
in a healthy way that God intended, there's nothing more beautiful, nothing that will capture the hearts of human beings like the church operating in a healthy, God-honoring way, the way God intended. Look at uh, verses, verse 10. It says, Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take this biblical love that Paul says he just defined and now love one another. How? Deeply. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. The original language in verse 10 describes the affections that families have for one another. What the Apostle Paul is saying here is the church is supposed to operate like an extended family. It's supposed to be tight. It's supposed to be a place where there's safety, where we can be vulnerable, where there's protection, where we have each other's back and we can trust each other. That's the picture that Paul has for the church, that it's this place that is different than the world where we can come in and there's so much love where we are trying to outdo one another in showing honor that we're going to love each other deeply and it's going to be this place where it is, it's, it's like family. Christians are supposed to have a natural affection towards one another that is family-like, that turns heads from people who are outside who say, wow, I want that. A place where we honor people's needs above our own. If it helps them and serves them, that is first. And look, it's not just we're supposed to do this a little bit, but he goes on in verse 10, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Be the chief honor giver in the church. Be the one that honors above all others. Make it a comp- if you want a competition in the church, here's your competition. Try to outlove each other. That's what Paul's saying. That's the response. That's what the church is supposed to look like and feel like. That's a healthy church. That's a church that honors God. It's a healthy family that can't wait to elevate other people above ourselves. They can't wait to put other people's interests above our own. Here's a simple formula to consider. Focus on their good points and my bad points rather than my good points and their bad points. Focus on their good points and my bad points rather than focusing on their bad points And my good point. See, that's a good formula for biblical love displayed beautifully in the church of God. When this type of love is the foundation, the church rises up and takes off and moves into the place that God intended the church to be. That shining light, that beacon on a hill, this light in the community that attracts people to it. Look at verse 11. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. This is what it happens automatically when we get the foundation of love right. It comes out. It literally means in verse 11 where it says, do not lack diligence and zeal, but be fervent in the spirit. Basically, it literally means be set on fire by the Holy Spirit of God. Be set on fire by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul is saying the Holy Spirit is this agent within us that creates enthusiasm for the things of God. 
The Holy Spirit is this thing that comes into Christian people and says, I want to, it creates an enthusiasm. The Holy Spirit, he creates this enthusiasm for the things of God in this book that says, I want to live for that. Paul was also careful to point out that this is supposed to be done with diligence and zeal. He says, don't lack that. When we go before God with a zeal, with an enthusiasm given to us by the Holy Spirit to want to honor him and love other people, it's amazing what happens. God brings life. And that fulfills these things. Here's what happens when that takes place. Look at verses 12 and 13. We rejoice in hope. We're patient in affliction. We're persistent in prayer. And we share with the saints, the other people, in their needs. And we pursue hospitality. These are amazing things that happen when we get the foundation of love right, when we deny ourselves and we outdo one another and place their needs above our own. When the church is healthy, it's the most attractive thing to the human heart. When the church is healthy, it's the most attractive thing to the human heart. It's the place where people flourish, where they become all God intended them to be. I want to wrap up by telling you one of the best ways this love can be expressed in a church setting. Today is a special day because today life groups open. And you might be wondering and thinking, what is a life group? A life group is a place where we grow in Christ together at Crossview Church. It's a place where we come together, 8 to 12 people. We gather around God's word. We share life. We learn from his word. We support one another. These things all happen in a context of a small group of people, usually meeting in a home. And in light of what we live in, in the situation we live in today, we have life groups that meet in homes and we have life groups that are meeting online in Zoom, depending on what you feel comfortable with. But what we want to do at Crossview Church is create pockets of these, what we call life groups, of people sharing life on life with each other, growing in Christ together. The worship service on Sunday morning is great. When we come and gather here for worship service on Sunday morning, we encounter God together. That's an important thing. We encounter God together in worship. But when we gather in life groups, we grow in Christ together. You can't grow fully on your own. You can grow on your own somewhat. But if you want to grow spiritually, the Bible's pretty clear. It has to be in the context of other people because we get too myopic in our thinking. There's no better place for the things that we just read in Romans 12, 9 to 13 to be expressed and rooted and worked into our lives than a life group setting, than a setting of 8 to 10 people. You can't grow in isolation. Many people who come to Crossview Church, they'll come and they'll experience it for a while and they like it. Then usually, uh, I get this question a lot, they'll come up and say, so what do I do to get more involved? Or what do I do, uh, what am I supposed to do at Crossview Church? What's my next step? And here's the three things we say. You need to attend a service, be in a group, and have a ministry. Attend a service, love God, be in a group, love others, and have a ministry, serve the world. That's our mission statement. Attend a service, be in a group, and have a ministry. And so I want to encourage you to be in a group. Maybe you've been drifting spiritually. 
Maybe you sense like you're drifting away from God instead of getting closer to God. Signing up for a group for this fall is something that will help your spiritual life get better. Maybe you feel like you hit a growth wall, that you used to grow spiritually and now it seems like you can't grow spiritually at all. Consider joining a life group. Maybe you're saying, I never, I don't know if I've ever grown spiritually. A life group could be a great place for you to dive in and get to know other people and learn what it's like to be a follower of Jesus in a group context. Maybe you've tried life groups here before and it didn't seem to work. I'm so excited about the direction of our life groups this fall. I encourage you to give it another shot. We are kind of doing a relaunch and I know and I believe that God is going to be involved in this relaunch and he's going to do some amazing things through the life groups we have planned this fall. So I encourage you to consider a life group this year. But here's the thing, you don't have to make the decision right now. However, I do want you to to do something. I want you to consider something. I invite you to watch a video that Pastor Jed Haas and I made that's going to be at the end of this video. Uh, after this sermon, we're going to have some music. And then at the end of this video, there's a five-minute video about life groups at Crossview Church. And I encourage you to hang in there and watch that five-minute video. Please, just consider watching that. It's the only decision you have to make right now. And after watching that video, pray and ask God what you should do. But I'm going to encourage you to consider joining a life group this fall. So I want you to do two things. I'm inviting you to do two things as I conclude this message. One is to watch the life group video and learn about life groups at Crossview Church. But the second thing I want you to do is this week, I want you to go back to this scripture. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 13. And I'm actually going to tack on 9 to 18. Romans 12, 9 to 18. And I'm going to consider you to read, ask you to read that every day this week and ask God to take your heart and give it to God and ask him to create within you a heart of love. God, will you create with me, in me, a heart of love that loves my brothers and sisters deeply, that is ready to outdo one another in showing honor, that does not lack diligence and zeal, but is fervent for the things of God, that rejoices in hope, that's patient during affliction and hardship, that's persistent in prayer that I'm talking to you. I encourage you at least one time, five, day, five times, one, maybe do it once a day for five days to take Romans 12, 9 to 18 and read it and read it as a prayer to God. God, will you do this in my life? Will you do this in my heart? Can you imagine what would happen if every single one of us in Crossview Church took that, prayed it, and God answered it? If God created within us a deeper heart of love for one another, can you imagine what this place would be like? It would be absolutely amazing. It would be heavenly. In verse 10, it says, Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters outdo one another in showing honor. There was a study done at Northern Arizona University, and they did a study on friendship. And you're not going to believe this, but you know what they said? They found out that life is better when you have friends. Can you imagine such a thing? They probably spent lots of money to figure that out. That life is better when you have friends. But what they looked at, the different aspects of this and what they learned, is they learned that simply doing life together 
makes us feel like we matter. Simply doing life with a group of people makes us feel like we matter. I believe nothing reminds you that you matter in life than being part of a great, healthy life group at church. In life groups, the love we talk about is on full display, not just comforting us, but also changing us to be more like Jesus. So I'm going to encourage you, watch the video at the end of this video, and then just consider joining a life group. If you want to do it, the instructions on how to do it, it's all right in that video. And take that step and let's grow in Christ together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the gift of your church. I thank you for the gift of one another, that you use one another and each other in all of our lives to shape us and to mold us and to make us more like your son. God, I pray that you would create in Crossview Church. This is my biggest prayer, God, right now in this time, in this place. I pray at Crossview Church, you would create within us Romans 12, 9 to 18 people. That we would be people that would burst forth with the things that we see here in your word. And God, I just ask that you'd help create that within us this week and beyond. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. to be known for loving Christ to build his church to love his bride and make his name known far and
Before I give you a blessing for the week, remember, stay tuned. Following this blessing comes that video about life groups across your church. Please check it out. And with that, may God our Father, who created heaven and earth and created all of us, may this week he open your heart to love. May he open your heart to love him and to love others and to give you the grace and the power and the presence to outdo one another in love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful week. Hey, Crossview Church family, this is Dan. I'm Jed. And we're here to tell you about life groups at Crossview Church. And I'm really excited. As with anything that we do at Crossview Church, we want to connect it to our mission. And the mission of Crossview Church is to love God, love others, and serve the world. And when people see that, they often say to me, Dan, how do I get involved here? How do I get deeper involved at Crossview Church and what Crossview Church is all about? And I've kind of worked a little phrase that I like to tell them when they ask that. And it is, if you want to go deeper here, you need to attend a service, be in a group, and have a ministry. Attend a service, be in a group, and have a ministry. And so with COVID and all that's happened, we've kind of tweaked this a little bit for this fall 2020, spring 2021. Uh, We're saying attend a service either online or in person, and both will be provided. Be in a group, a life group, online or in person, both will be provided, and have a ministry. The way you have a ministry is you serve where God has called you uniquely, whether it's in your neighborhood, your home, your workplace, in church, or the world you know, that is out and about. So be a reflection of Jesus. Is yeah, what I'm saying. yeah. So how does this look? What, is, what do life groups look like in this new season? As we're kicking off a brand new launch of life groups here at Crossview Church, one of the things that is going to happen is all the life groups are going to be sermon-based. Yeah. And what we mean by that is the teaching in the life group is going to be based off of what was preached in the Sunday morning worship service. So we're going to take that same text and bring it to the group. And there's reasons we're going to do that. One of the reasons is we're going to help, it's going to help us grow better. Yep. We're going to grow better. Studies have oh, shown yeah. if you come into an environment excited to learn like a Sunday morning worship service, and if you take notes, oh, yeah. you take notes? Oh, yeah. All the time. Just a note taker. Oh, yeah, pages. That's right. Look at this guy. I like this guy. Now, I know some of you are not note takers. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm just saying. That's the study show. And the third element, if you come in excited, take notes, and if you discuss it amongst a group of people, it'll sink in deeper and help you grow. And so that's why we want to do uh, sermon-based life groups. The other reason is it's going to help us stay focused. There's so many different inputs that we have in our life. We have podcasts, right? We have news feeds. We have all these different things. And it's possible to be addicted to all this information, but not let it sink down and apply it and let it be transformational. And that's what we want to do with our life groups. Yeah. What you focus on is what you move toward. And so as a church, we want to focus all on the same thing together for unity, right? What a time to be together. We need each other. Yeah. And the last reason we like sermon-based is because it helps multiply life group leaders. We're going to need more life group leaders as time goes on. And it's easier to facilitate a discussion than it is to prepare a teaching or learn from a curriculum and try to reproduce that. So we're going to make it really easy for our life group leaders to create the environment we want. That's right. We, we don't want any FOMO going on. Fear of missing out. We want oh, yeah. opportunity for everybody to get involved. That's right. And we need more leaders. So what, is else, what else does a life group look like, Chad? Yeah, let's jump in. Four S's. We'll keep this rolling, right? The bullet's going. So share 
study, support, serve. These are the four elements of a life group and what they look like. So share life together. Just want to do life, right? Mm-hmm. Hang out. Study the word together. We want to get in and study that sermon. The sermon's bringing based on the word, whatever passage that is. We're going to get into it. Support one another. We need each other more than ever. I need you, Dan. Yeah. You need me. I know. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and hey, we're going to serve together. We're going to get out there. We're, we're battle buddies. You know, we're, we're getting out. We're going to help each other out during this pandemic. We need each other more than ever. We are better together. So let's keep diving in. Our groups are going to be 8 to 12 about, right? Mm-hmm. When they fill up, they fill up. We're going to invite everybody to get on this highway called Life Groups. And so we're going to have these on-ramps. We're having one coming up. We're going to have sign-ups starting out on June 30th or, or August 30th. And we're going to be bringing it on. Get on in. And then we are going to have off-ramps. So we're going to have three different sessions throughout the 2021 year. So it's going to be September to November. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to take a break. Hey, you can jump off if you want, whatever happens. We're going to restart in January. You can stay on and, and, and start going and again. you can be in that same group if yep, you want. Same yep. group if you want. And we're going to take a little break in March. And then we're going to have an on-ramp for that. People can jump in again in March. Because we have people who join our church throughout the, 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 the year. We want to get them, everybody involved mm-hmm. as possible. Because we know that when you jump into a group, you're going to grow in Christ together. That's our whole thing. We're going to grow. Absolutely. So we need each other. This is what it looks like. You can jump online, crossviewrapids.org. There will be more information there. I know, uh, signups will start August 30th, as I already said. And, Dan, what's, what would you encourage our church to do right now? I would encourage them to be Crossview. And what I mean by that is Crossview has always been a place where you don't come here, by and large, to just punch a ticket and say, I attended church, I'm done. You want to grow. You want transformation. You want to be more like Jesus. And I appreciate that about this church. So I encourage you, let's grow in Christ together. Get involved in a life group this season coming up. 